As a four-year-old girl in Fort Worth, Texas, Vicki Cardwell knew she was going to be an artist, a designer. On this episode, I was honored to talk with lifelong artist, designer, and creative spirit, Vicki Cardwell Balcou. Vicki's parents, Norman Douglas and Marguerite Knight Cardwell, were artists, designers, and teachers. They inspired their daughter, and she took the design world by storm. Vicki's career included book design at the UT and SMU presses, advertising, gift wrap design with Susan Crane, and a variety of freelance projects from portraits to murals. Balku was a lead product designer for Fitz and Floyd for more than 25 years. Well, for Vicki Balku, change and creativity is a family affair. Balku serves as a role model for her daughter, Elisa Victoria Jimenez, interdisciplinary artist. You might remember we talked to Elisa in an earlier podcast. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Vicki Cardwell Balku. Uh, my biz card says visual creativity. Um, most of the time when you say you're a designer or you're an artist, people will say, well, what is your medium? And I can't narrow it down because I've worked in so many so many ways and so many mediums and I've designed in all sizes and products that I just can't narrow my work down to a specific genre. As a product designer, I had the opportunity to combine practical function and creative concept and that was that's what made my job at Fitz and Floyd so very interesting for 26 years and uh, that's how I describe myself Um, I try not to say oh well I work in uh, acrylic and I work in I work in gouache and I work in this that and the other thing Um, the only thing I really don't work in is pastels because I hate to get it in my eyes You come from artistic roots. Can you talk about how your family influenced your creativity? Well, I remember as a small child, my grandmother was a music teacher, and she really, she had been in a a large family, and they had had a a, a band, and they would play for dances, and she wanted me to be a musician. She thought that would be a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for me, and I did do my first recital at the age of five, and uh, I I had already made the decision at the age of four that I was going to be an artist, and I never told my grandmother. She lived until I was 11 years old, and I was I just did not want to disappoint her at all because I knew I wasn't going to be a musician, and I wanted to do visual art, and not only that, I wanted to do commercial art. I wanted to see my product slathered all across a bookshelf uh, for book covers or or, uh, uh, albums and um, our products. And so that's really the direction I started when I was four. My mother and dad both were artists, and they encouraged me. Mother taught art at uh, Reader uh, Children's. School of Theater and Design in Fort Worth, and uh, it was run by Dixon and Flora Reader, and they were members of the Fort Worth Circle. So from uh, the age of of five, I was really influenced by uh, most of the people in that that group. Uh, I was influenced by their work, and um, 
they were really interesting people and it was it was a it was a real good experience for a shy child because if I could get up there on the stage, if I had to be myself, it scared me half to death. But if I could be a character, then I didn't have a problem at all. I don't remember ever having stage fright if I if I could be a character. All I had to do was learn my lines and know how to act, which I did. So uh, that was that was very supportive of of, of a creative place to be uh, because you saw so many people doing so many wonderful different things. Uh, my dad was a commercial artist. We would go at Sundays and go by the 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 store that was a music store where he had designed the sign for them. And uh, I remember that very well. I I know that he taught me how to do lettering and he taught me how to do silk screen and drawing. And that was our entertainment. And uh, when we'd go outside, Mother would, she was fascinated with color. And she would circle her hand in a little bitty, bitty circle where you look through it and look directly at a at a shadow in the park. And she'd say, well, now what color would you use to get that shadow? And so I'd have to think about it. And this was this was early on. So yes, I was I was really groomed to be an artist, I think. And uh they wanted me to be a teacher and I did not have that I didn't have that ambition. I wanted to be a commercial artist. Can you describe what it was like when you entered the commercial art industry or the advertising industry? What did you experience as one of the few women in the business? I knew that I was going to every summer I would apply for jobs and the, the ones I applied to, um, I, I thought of everything in Fort Worth. Print shops, ad agencies, department stores. It was, I pounded the pavements with high heels and a cincher, a waist cincher with bones in it and a big uh, portfolio with my work in it in the summer. And I was determined to get get hired by somebody. And uh, I, the, the print shops were mostly male. The bosses had a good uh, team together. And they knew that if they put a woman in that team, a young woman, a young pretty woman, it would intimidate the men and it would mess up the team. And so I had a real hard time finding a, a job until I found a place where there wasn't a team there was just one guy, and I got hired for my legs, and I, I got hired for my determination and enthusiasm. And he was a good, good trainer. He was a very good teacher. And uh, I remember the first job he gave me was sort of initiation by fire. What I had to do is uh, there was a picture of a hand-laced, leather-laced lamp that the, the background had to be blocked out. And the way you did that is you put a piece of acetate that had a sheet of red um, uh, sheeting on it, and you took an X-Acto knife and cut around the image. So you would have just the image and not the background. And on a, a lamp that has a lacing around the top and bottom, it's yeah. a real challenge. <laughs> I think that he gave me that. as if, if I If I stayed at the job, 
through that, then he could know that I was really determined to be a commercial <laughs> artist. So I, and I did, I was, and I did a good job of it. So he, he trained me very, very well. So that was, that was fun. You, you mentioned that, you know, you were determined, but I'm always interested in the creative process beyond determination. How do you, how do you approach a creative challenge. What is your way of thinking when it comes to creativity? Well, I'm a conceptual artist, and uh, I put on my card, like I said, visual creativity, but I think one of the things that, one of the ways that I approach a problem is that it's a challenge, for one thing, and I turn it upside down, uh, and I look at it every way that I can, and uh, then I, I I try out something because this is an analogy I've used before and it's not mine. It was taught to me. You have a white canvas, uh, and this is something I taught Elisa too. You have a white canvas and you you need to start doing something on it. And a white canvas or a white expensive piece of paper is very intimidating. You don't want to ruin it. My deal is you can there's no way you can ruin it. You have to put something down. You have to start you you can take your sponge and a, a and some paint and just sponge something on. You can take charcoal and just mark all of you you have to start with something. You have to ruin that white intimidating space. And I I think that's what I the way I approach any problem at all is that you know, you got to start with something. With my art director at Fitz and Ford, he'd say, "Now we need to do have something," and he'd give throw out a an idea, um, uh, and give me maybe something that we call swipe that he saw in a magazine, saying, "This is an attractive approach. There's something in here. Show me something you can do, but get inspired by this image." So you do something, the first sketch, and you take it to him, and I tell him. Okay, this is something you can start disagreeing with. You have to you have to have something to start disagreeing with. You're dealing with a client or dealing with any problem. You have to take a stab at it and then you have to look at it and say, Well, okay, well, what's good about this and what's bad about it? So that is really I think part of the creative process. In painting, one of the things you do and one of the things I teach is you start painting and and my friends and I are doing this now since we're all in lockdown uh, for each other. And uh, we're doing critiques. And I have them take a painting when they've got it to a point where they don't know what to do with it. They don't like it, but they don't know what's the matter with it. So I have them take it into the, in front of a mirror and look at it in a mirror. Well, that turns everything upside down and sideways. Then you can see what the problem is. That's a great idea. Great idea. Well, and that can kind of you know, get into a life approach then. Can you talk about your attitude for how you keep moving forward? We talked the other day, and you kind of had a strategy there. I do. I do. My friend Tina, where we were in college together, and she's always said to ask me about my, my attitude toward life, and I've told her, Tina, I just want to have a nice time and not hurt anybody. That's really, <laughs> I mean, that nails it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's I don't good. want to change the world. I just want to, you know, I want to go through and don't have many hard edges. And 
Um, but my my real approach to to moving forward is uh, I have had uh, I've always had a five year reinvention plan, and um, I figured okay I can't think any more than I can't project any more than five years, uh, it, and I never have been able to really say okay I want to do this for the rest of my life. Uh, and if I had to do something for the rest of my life that was just the one thing, I think that that would, I might as well just shoot myself because I would have been so bored. The things that I liked about this this last job that I had, the designer, uh, product designer job, is that he gave me the, my art director gave me the direction of just do something nobody's ever seen before. That's, you know, if that's what your career is, you're never bored. And yeah. so I, I just never wanted to be bored. I wanted to have a nice time. I wanted to draw. I wanted to discover new things. And I had, I have a, a I have a, a, a rule of three. I don't know whether you know it in composition, especially in advertising. If you get an even number of stuff on the page, people skip right over it. If you have three, an uneven number, and even five, but three is a good is a good number. And in comp- plate composition, is designing a, a beautiful plate. You have three flowers. You have the leading lady and two supporting characters. And the the rule of three applies to so many different things. But my rule of three is um, every day, every night, I go to sleep. Right before I go to sleep, I think of three things that I really enjoyed doing that day, and I think of three times I made somebody laugh, and I think about three things that I'm looking forward to doing the next day, and uh, I wake up in the morning looking forward to those three things and getting excited about three things that I've never done before or that I've that are going to be new or that are that I've got to accomplish. The rule of three, and it's just three things. You know, you don't, you don't have to go through, oh, my God, I have to do all of these things today. You know, because if you just focus on those three things, other things will happen, and you'll get other stuff done. But you don't have to, like, think about them or get stressed about them. You just focus on three things, and you get the three things done, and you kiss your hand, and you say, what a good girl am I? <laughs> and I think it's important to, to, love to it. do that rather than, oh, I did, didn't get this done. I'm such a bad housekeeper. Or, oh, um, I didn't get this done. Yeah. I'm such a bad mother. You know, yes. no, no, you don't have to do that. You just focus on those three things that you did get done. I love that. And, and, and I think as far as the, you know, creative process, I like that analogy of the blank canvas at, because, doing writing too, you face a blank page and until you put something on the page, it is very intimidating. You know, oh, very yeah. similar. It's the beginning. It's like you put, I've, I've seen so many of the students that I've, I've taught a lot of private students. They'll put one mark down there and they'll they'll say, oh, I that's wrong. And they'll wad up their paper. And I just won't allow it. it mm-hmm. And I plus that, I, I prefer that they don't have an eraser. And because if in any way you can make a mistake, you change your style, uh, but you don't make a mistake. Uh, you, if you're trying to do a really, really correct, exact drawing, there's a process for doing that. And you have to learn the process 
so you don't drive yourself crazy and throw away a bunch, a bunch of expensive paper. You, you, you really pay attention. Uh, and now it's totally different because of the computer. You can, you, it's such a help. But when you're doing it by hand, and I really believe that the zen of drawing and that focusing that you have to do is it's very good for your brain, for anybody, uh, whether they're an artist or not. I think it's important to get that functionality going. And I, actually, every on that five-year plan, every five years, I I try to enroll or uh, in a in a figure class or enroll in some drawing class where I had to go on a, on a certain day and do you know a schedule and work for an hour looking at something and drawing it the way I saw it. And uh, and every five years, I'd go back to that. We always tell students to, to have a growth mindset. And it sounds yes. like you definitely have a growth mindset, and you sound like a very positive person. Is that correct? I'm such a happy camper. It makes everybody really upset. <laughs> they think I don't understand the gravity of the situation. <laughs> I have worked with people who really have gotten annoyed with me because I, I seem like such a goody two shoes. But you know, it, life's short. You don't want to think about. It. You don't want to go into a do- downward spiral all the time. And sometimes, I mean, I've been very, very sad a lot of times in my life. I haven't been depressed with nameless dread, that kind of sad. But I've had situations that make me very unhappy. And the only way I was able to cope with it and bring myself out of it was to think creatively, draw something. I mean, I'd be drawing something with tears falling on the paper, but I was doing something, you know, to get that, to get past that lump. And that creativity came through always. At least it was about five, I think. I had a very, very high fever. I had, uh, it was 103 for several days, and it might have gone up higher than that, but I was, the cat left because he thought I was going to die, and he had to find another lunch partner, and uh, so <laughs> I, she was such a good little nurse, she'd bring me water and Tylenol, that's about all I was taking, I think, but I finally got out of that, and I had been working in advertising, which was pretty, you know, had to be pretty assertive, and uh um, and I was not naturally assertive, and I learned how to be that in my experiences with uh, being a woman in, you know, in really basically a man's a man's world, and uh, especially in freelancing, because they, if I go in to make a presentation with, uh, you know, a group of four men, they had a hard time taking it seriously until I, and they liked my work, but they kept on coming on to me. And I had to say, now, the minute I get my first one-third, I'll start thinking about our project. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your check. <laughs> then I'd leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but you had to, you didn't be ugly, but you had to, you had to say your, you had to mark your territory. After that fever, uh, I had to get out of advertising. I decided, okay. I need to get out of advertising and that that milieu, and I had to find someplace else to because the creativity didn't go. The quickness 
And I think, I'm sure there were some brain cells that got cooked, but uh, the creativity stayed. So I started uh, looking for a job, and I found one in uh, gift wrap design at a company called Susan Crane, and I loved it. I could illustrate all day long, and I wasn't the kind of deadlines that advertising and printing was. You had several uh, introductions you would do per year, and but they like that they were three or four months at a time, so you could develop something, and uh, that was that was really good. The job after that was Fitz and Floyd did that, and it was. Uh, a wonderful job working for somebody who had actually known me when I was 11 years old uh, and in the reader school. And we didn't realize that until a couple of months after I was hired. But after that, when he wanted me to develop something, uh, an idea, he would explain it to me in terms of a play, in theatrical terms. Oh, my gosh. And I, I would be able to get it, you know. Um, but the latest change has been I have macular degeneration. And uh, I've always done pretty detailed uh, artwork with with a lot of pattern and a lot of, of good brushwork and everything. Not loose, not realistic, but uh, absolutely controlled uh, visual images. And I can't do it anymore. Mm. And so I had to develop uh, a different style. And so that's my latest reinvention of myself. I'm enjoying it very much. I'm using a lot of color and a lot of broad brush strokes, and people seem to like it. So I'm going to keep on doing it as long as I can. So that was sort of the end of my bringing my story up to date. Oh, that's great. I, I can't wait to see what you'll do next, Vicki Bowser. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with me, Vicki. It's been fun. Thank you so much. I was inspired by Vicki Balcu's attitude on life. She keeps moving forward, and she keeps creating beautiful images. Thank you for listening to Stories of Change and Creativity. Check out the show notes for more information about this episode. You can find this podcast on any of your favorite streaming platforms. And remember, if you have a story to tell or know someone who does, reach out to me at judyoscom.com. And thanks for listening. Thank you.